the tarmac. Maybe this would be his last season. He loved his rugby, loved the physicality of it, the sense of brotherhood, the union of wildly differing human physiques melded into one team, one purpose. But he didn't love it enough to move from his position on the wing to a berth with the forwards as his pace dwindled. He'd seen enough human battering rams with beetroot noses and cauliflower ears to want to risk his good looks. He slowed and half-turned to see the other runner almost upon him. A natural competitor, Harvey Ellis lifted his pace again. For a few seconds he listened for the receding sound of the other runner's footfall, but instead it seemed to be drawing nearer. Okay, thought Harvey Ellis, time to put on the burners, show you a sight all too familiar to the fullbacks of the Sutherland District League. He picked up his pace to a sprint, lifting his knees, pumping his arms straight and blowing his cheeks rhythmically to take the necessary shallow breaths. For nearly a minute he maintained this pace and tried to block out all movement in his peripheral vision, but his ears could not block the sound of the second runner closing in, and his eyes could now see the shadow thrown over his own by the jaundiced glow of streetlights. His lungs could take it no more. He threw up his head and slowed through the gears to a stop. He put his hands on his knees and sucked air urgently into his lungs, turning to grin at his pursuer. He didn't see the clenched fist or the small needle protruding from it. You win, he panted. Jason Donovan Wallace was alone, except for Bianca, his tiny sister, snoring gently in her room. His aunt was on nights again, and the bitch had left him in charge. Dread. Not that he wanted to go out in this weather, but her drafty old house in Borowash, a few miles to the east of Derby, chilled him to the bone. No heating, no light. Storm damage, they'd said on the radio. The whole area was under blackout. Despite this, the heavy curtains were drawn across the windows, blocking out any hint of the faint moonlight, and Jason was not in the least tempted to change that. He'd had a text from Banger, chatting that the rest of the crew were... Gonna make the most of it, smoke some ping, do some cars, whatever. Did Jason want to stop being a gay and come and hang? LOL. Yeah, right. Walk around in the dark like a skank, with that killer still out there. No way. He won't go in nowhere on his own. That copper brook had warned him about the Reaper after his mum, dad and sister were cut up. The Reaper's out there, waiting, watching, he goes waiting to finish the job. Jason was well gone at the time. Booze, drugs maybe, he couldn't remember. Brooke had threatened him, tried to make him cough to that old biddy's murder. You're next, Jason. You're next. Jason eased into a secret smile. The Reaper had forgotten him. Jason was a survivor. And he'd sorted Brooke out no messing, trashed his place and mashed his cat's brains in. Feds all fuck with me, get fucked up double. He pulled the blanket tighter around his shoulders, squinting at the single flickering candle he'd managed to root out from under the stairs. He listened to the wind howling and stared out of habit at the inert TV screen. The noise of the front gate creaking on its rusty hinges made his head turn. Jason waited, not moving, aware of the rising tide of fear washing through him. But no one knocked at the door. No one banged on the window. Only the sound of the gates assaulted his ears, pounding against the wall under the weight of the wind. Bollocks!
he spat. Now he'd have to go out and refasten it, or it would be hammering all night. Trust his aunt to be on nights, leaving him on his own to babysit. He listened for the sound of the gate, dreading its explosion, beckoning him off the couch, out of the sanctuary of the house. But it didn't come. Outside the wind raged still, whipping sodden leaves and soupy litter into a drunken dance, but the gate refused to complain under the assault. Gradually Jason's annoyance turned to puzzlement. Then dread began to seep into him. Now he longed to hear the crash of the gate, telling him it was only the weather out there messing with his head. He tiptoed to the window to look out through a crack in the curtain into the wildness. A dark figure stood by the gate, perfectly still, perfectly calm against nature. Though Jason could see only blackness where the face should have been, he sensed that whoever was standing there was staring...